You are listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We exist to inspire people to live and love like Jesus. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Thank you for getting up on this dreary morning and being willing to come out and hang out with us. And we believe that God is going to honor that willingness as we move throughout our time together this morning. God's good. Amen. Wow. I think he's better than that. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me just give him a shout of praise one more time. Let me know y'all are awake. And, and, and. Um, it's, been, it's been a crazy week, and it's been an interesting morning. Uh, if you're new to Vintage Church, my name is Matt, and I get the pleasure of being one of the pastors here at Vintage, and uh, God is doing something special in our church. We're in an awesome season where God has just been moving and doing awesome things, and uh, as a pastor, you just don't want to mess that up, uh, because we can get in God's way a lot, amen, uh, when we try to control things and just kind of get in, and so uh, today we're finishing a series that we've been calling Thrive, and it's a series on marriage. And it's interesting when you start teaching on marriage, there's, there's people that believe that that is uh, limited to a very small target audience for some reason. And we've actually had people say, um, let me know when that series is over and I'll come back. Uh, whether, for a lot of different reasons. Some of them I understand. Uh, because maybe they're on the other side of a divorce and right now in the season that they're in, like the last thing they want to come to church and hear about is marriage. Or maybe single people that think marriage is so far away that, like, it's just not time for them to hear those things. And all the married people probably said, you need to learn it now. Amen? Like, and so it's a struggle. Can I just be honest? It's a struggle to talk about this at times. But then at the same time, my heart is so heavy for this beautiful thing that God created called marriage. Because I'm tired of watching marriage after marriage of people that sit where you're sitting just fall apart. Just go from beauty to ashes. And so we're trying to teach some things from the Word of God that, that will be helpful whether you're, no matter where you are in your stage of life. And, and it has, I think, they're relational principles no matter whether you're married or otherwise. That there's things from God's Word. God's Word does never return void. Amen. Like every time you're in this room, no matter what the subject is that's being preached from here, that God has a word for you, like I said in that prayer. And it may be pertaining to the topic that we plan for the day, or maybe God's family says, finally. You sat down long enough and shut up long enough for me to speak into your life. That's just how God talks to me. <laughs> um, but as we move towards uh, this final part of this series, it's been a struggle for me. Can I just be transparent? Uh, and, like, we plan eight weeks out. And because we just believe God is in preparation, that God, but God has freedom to change things whenever he wants to because he's God and we're not. But as we've moved toward today, man, I've really wrestled, wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with what God wanted to do during this final installment of this series. And even coming into this morning, I've been battling it. And I'm, you, know, you ever feel those battles? You're trying to decide, all right, God, are, are you in this or is this from the enemy? You ever, anybody ever find that kind of hard to decipher? Like, is God trying to do this or is the devil trying to do this? Anybody, let me know I'm not crazy. Come on, amen. Thank you. The rest of y'all are liars. Like you're trying to figure out, all right, God, is, is, is this where you're leading me or is this the enemy? Are you creating the doubt or, or is he creating the doubt? And, and because I feel like God wants to do something today. 
But I also know that there are people in all kinds of seasons of life, and, and how words can be received and, and, and internalized can be very, very different. And my hope is by the time we get to the end of this today, that God's going to do something special in your lives if we'll just all be open to it. Because God ordained this relationship called marriage, and he made it holy. Amen? If you look at the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verses 6 through 9, it says, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament here, and he's speaking, he's actually doing this in response to a question. Where basically they come to Jesus. They were always trying to trap Jesus with these questions. They're always trying to get kind of have a gotcha moment with Jesus. And they come to Jesus and they're basically talking about the issue of divorce. And they bring up the fact that Moses had allowed provisions for divorce. And they kind of want Jesus' take on it. And Jesus kind of always does what he does. Like he brings it back. And he says, yeah, Moses allowed provisions for, for divorce in different situations. But, but that's not what God wanted in the beginning. Like God's original design for marriage was one and done. And that two would become one flesh, united together for life. Like that's what God originally intended for marriage. That was God's ideal. But as we know, when sin entered the world, God's ideal was greatly compromised. Amen, somebody. Like, you realize, like, like, we don't live in what God, God's ideal, God's original intent for our lives. Like, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, they didn't have to work, they didn't have any pains, they didn't have any struggles, and they had perfect communion and fellowship with the Father. And God just said, hey, there's one thing I don't want you to do. There's this one fruit from this one tree, just stay away from it. And God did that because he wanted Adam and Eve, he wanted humanity to choose him. God wants to live in an authentic love relationship with us, and authentic love relationships are always a matter of choice. That makes sense? And so he gave us the opportunity to choose him. But when sin entered the world, it, it ruined, it compromised God's ideal and Jesus was trying to remind, remind you, look, y'all just have now treated this thing called marriage like it's just something haphazard. And now you can just walk away even when you feel like it, when it's inconvenient, when it when it's, just gets a little bit hard. Y'all think just because it's a little bit hard, y'all just get to walk away for any and every reason. But you need to remember why God, what God had in mind from the beginning. And if you want to start stepping towards what God wants for your life, you've got to go back and look what he originally intended for it. And I don't say any of that to get anybody in the room who... You weren't one and done, or maybe even two and done, to make you feel any kind of unnecessary guilt or dredge up any of the past to wait on you. But what we're trying to do is, all right, let's, let's, let's move it forward, right? Wherever you are right now in your life, what does God want for you right now? And it's never too late to stop pursuing God's best for your life. Amen from at least two more people. Come on. It is never too late for you to start pursuing God's best for your life. Because, the, yes, sin ruined God's ideal. But the moment Jesus, I'm about to start preaching. <laughs> the moment Jesus defeated the death that needed to be defeated on the cross and had victory over it from rising from the grave, God's ideal was now made possible again because of his blood and because of the power of his Holy Spirit working in you and me. And so we can still pursue that. And so I've been trying to get you to, to realize that, like, your, your marriage, like, God, God wants it to thrive. 
But I know even saying that, there's some people in the room just hearing that is hard. Because you think at best our marriage may survive, but the chances of it ever thriving, I'm not so sure. And you know, here's the thing, one of the problems, one of maybe the biggest problem with trying to have a thriving marriage is very few of us have seen one up close. Come on. Like very few of us have seen a really strong, biblical, healthy, thriving marriage. And so we're trying to have something that we've never seen. And since we've never seen it, we maybe even question whether or not it even exists. Because so many of you, like we didn't grow up in homes where mom and dad had the ideal marriage. Probably far from it. And the reality is that we're more likely to replicate what we've seen than what we desire. We are more likely to replicate what we've seen than what we desire. And even now, some of us are looking at our marriages and we, 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 we look in the mirror like, oh no, where, where, where are my parents? Which is the last thing you might be ever wanted to be. And so, so what do you do? So where, are the, so where do we look? Where do we find like the model marriage? If like we're trying to have thriving, healthy, awesome marriages and we're trying to find one that we can see to learn from, and replicate, then, then how, do, how do we get to that place? So, so surely we can find gleaning, awesome examples in Scripture. And then you start looking in the Bible and you see most of the married couples in Scripture were just as jacked up as you are. Come on. Adam and Eve. I mean, their marriage couldn't have started with better circumstances. Like, I don't know how your marriage started. Some of it might have involved, like, the term shotgun. I don't know. But Adam and Eve, like, they started in, in like, the most perfect ideal circumstances necessary, right? I mean, they started, I told you, the ideal marriage. They were in a paradise. Full communion with God. No jobs. No kids. And no clothes. <laughs> but then one day the enemy stepped in and started messing with Eve. And sometimes we won't let Adam off the hook, but Scripture says he was there. And he let it happen. And for the first time, a husband failed to lead his wife spiritually. And disaster ensued. The fruit was eaten. Their eyes were opened, and now we're all experiencing the repercussions. No longer did they have the intimacy that they once did. No longer did they have the communion with God that they once had. And now where the land used to yield without any work, stuff they needed to survive, now they'd have to work for it. And that brought all kinds of change. And family drama? You talk about family drama? Their two sons... Ended up getting into it, and one of them killed the other. You want to talk about dealing with some family drama? Say amen if you know family drama will put a strain on a marriage. So, so you know what? There, there's not a, a perfect, ideal, model marriage. Well, what, about, what about Abraham and Sarah? You know, Father Abraham. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all grew up in church. Some of y'all flannel, flannel graph, children's church, puppets. I don't know. Sorry. Some of y'all are like, what are y'all talking about? There you go. Abraham and Sarah, this guy that, that God chose, that God handpicked to be the father of a nation, that God said would be his descendants would be more numerous than the grains of sand. That from his lineage, the Messiah would come. Surely he and Sarah had like the, 
the, the model perfect marriage. And then you see there's a moment where Abraham pretends that his wife Sarah is his sister. Now, that's just weird. And then there's a moment where in impatience, waiting on the promise of God, Sarah decides it's a good idea to just give Abraham, his maidservant, to have a child with her. Now, any man nowadays would know that was a bad idea. Amen. And the bitterness that ensues in Sarah that they have to overcome in order to move forward in their marriage. <laughs> if you keep on reading, you go to stories like, like Jacob and Rachel. Oh, my. If you never read this story, Jacob falls in love with this woman named Rachel. Just, she's beautiful, loves her. Her father says, you have to work for her. So he works for her and works for her. And then he goes to his tent one night when he's expecting the, his, his beautiful bride, Rachel, to show up. And a woman comes in, and he makes love to her. And he wakes up next morning, and it ain't Rachel. That happens in the Bible. It's her sister, Leah. And now he has to work. And then it brings on multiple wives, and it's just, it's just a mess. So some of us are thinking, all right, well, like, how, how do we get this place? So one of the things I need you to know is, like, that, the Bible is a good example of why a perfect marriage is not something you need to pursue. Can I challenge you to do something? Stop chasing a perfect marriage and start building a godly one. A perfect marriage you will never have. Because marriage is, is two imperfect people coming together to form a holy and perfect union under God. And if you're, if you're pursuing a perfect marriage, that is a, a, an endless pursuit that will exhaust you. But you can build a godly one. And see, what you understand is perfect marriages don't have any problems. But what you need to know is godly marriages still do. Come on, say, you, you with me? See, you think if a godly marriage is not going to be without storms, without struggle. See, it is inevitable that you will struggle. Amen, all married people? It is inevitable. I'm convinced of this. Most, if not all marriages, go through a season of struggle so difficult where one or both the people in it won't out. Come on. I believe that. That, that every single marriage goes through a season of struggle where one or both of the people think, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. It's too hard. There's too much baggage, too much to overcome. There's been too much history. So it's, it's not a question of whether or not you will struggle. It is a question of whether or not you will have the strength to endure the struggle. And, you know, there, there are no perfect marriages in Scripture because there are no perfect marriages but I got to grow up in a home that I saw the go most godly marriage that I, that I know of, my parents. And so uh, I've invited them to come on up and join me on the platform for a little while. So would you welcome my mom and dad, Tommy and Joanne Smith, to the platform today? Um, I, I highly believe in never speaking from a position of ignorance because you can never have anything valuable to say if you do. That was good. Um, Ashley and I have 17 and a half years uh, of marriage experience, and it hasn't all been great. But the two people that sit up here um, have, I would say, a little bit more than I do. Um, again, 
Can you show some love to my parents, my, my mom and dad, Tommy and Joanne Smith? Uh, y'all had an anniversary in May. How many years has it been? Fifty-one years. And, but, and y'all started dating when you were how old? So they've been together pretty much their entire lives. Um, and when you hear 51 years of marriage, uh, most of us can't even comprehend that because we, we even far from being 51 years old. But um, our family went through something uh, throughout those 51 years that uh, hit me as I was preparing for this message. And until yesterday, um, we've ne- we had never talked about a season that mom and dad went through. Uh, I, re- I remember I was probably in the second grade, and we were living in Siler City, North Carolina. And I was uh, down at my friend PJ's house. We were playing like GI Joes or Karate Kid or something. And my mom's car pulls in the driveway, and she gets out and she's crying. And as a second grader, I have no idea what's going on. And all I remember is that mom saying, "You know, we're going to go stay somewhere else tonight." Because uh, they were in a season that I knew nothing about and didn't see coming. A season that we haven't talked about since. But I asked them if they'd have the courage to come and talk about today. Uh, because I think it's something that people need to hear. And I believe it will, will help you. And so I'm just going to kind of turn it over to them and let them share their story. Not only had Matt and, and me and Tommy never talked about this, but Tommy and I had never talked about this since it happened um, until, until this week. Um, and so it's a, it's a very uncomfortable time for us at the present time. I'm used to public speaking, but not on this subject. But I do feel like God has something that maybe we can share that will help you in your marriage. Um, as I said, we, um, we, we actually started dating when I was 15, and we met at church. Uh, we, were, we both were Christians. We um, felt very early uh, in our relationship that God wanted us to do something special for him. Um, he actually, God called me actually to be a pastor's wife before he called Tommy to be a pastor. Um, not long after that, he called Tommy into the ministry. So um, we actually um, started preparing for, for ministry. Um, I had finished my, when we got married, I had just finished my first year of college. Tommy had finished his second year of college. So, of course, I quit, I quit school so I could work and put him through. Um, he graduated from High Point College at the time. Um, and then we moved to Kentucky where he attended seminary. Um, after that, we, we did um, a, few, a few things. We did, not, we did ministry, but we did not go into the pastoral ministry at that point. But there came a point in our life when we definitely knew God was leading us to pastor a church. Um, at that time, Matt was one. Um, so it's been a few years ago. Uh, so we, we actually took a small church and uh, moved to Forest City, North Carolina, and started pastoring. And it was a very, it was hard, it was a hard time, but it was, it was an exciting time because we knew we were right in the center of God's will by being there. Um, and so after, 
um, after a while, I was able to go back to school, even though Tommy was making $125 a week. I was able to go back to school and finish my nursing degree. Um, after I graduated from, from Gardner-Webb, then we um, took another church, and this was the church in Siler City that Matt was talking about. Um, we moved there. I began my career, and Tommy was pastoring a much larger church than we had pastored before, and um, it was just a it was a time that should have been exciting for us, but it was a time when we really started growing apart. It was, it was a time when I started feeling like everybody in the world was more important to him than, than me. Um, and it was, I think, because we were all so busy and there were many other factors. But I just became very resentful of him. Uh, I just happened to think um, when we started dating uh, in high school, um, in order to spend some time with her, I dropped out of a trigonometry class <laughs> to be with her in, of all things, a Bible class that was being taught in a public high school by a Presbyterian minister's wife. Um, you know, God's, God's plans are, are amazing. But... Um, I really don't know where to begin except to say that um, uh, as Matt revealed to us this week that uh, he didn't want us to talk about the 50 years of good times and good memories. He wanted us to talk about that one year of storm. And, and it, it was our year of, of hail. And she's willing to admit that right up front, but uh, even since this has happened, um, I'm so grateful to um, be on the platform with uh, my pastor. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how God has uh, given him a lot of wisdom in this uh, whole thing of, of marriage. But uh, let me say uh, straight up this morning, I, I put my Fitbit on this morning and the message came across, you have got this. <laughs> and I thought, man, no, uh, when, when it comes to um, the marriage relationship, I'm still working on it. And, and, and I have to work on it every day. It's, 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 a, real, it's a real big job, um, uh, your marriage. But let me say uh, just right up front, don't ever lose hope. I, I don't know where you are today in a relationship, um, whether it's marriage or, or whatever it is, but I want you to realize uh, there, don't ever lose hope. And then second, uh, in, in a, the latter part of my ministry, I began to realize, and I would share this with people, maybe had gone through a, a breakup in the home, or the loss of a loved one through death, all these kinds of things. And, and I began to say to this, these people, I don't know why God has allowed this to happen in your life, but I want to tell you, if you will stay in the love of God, you will get through it. Yeah. And I want to reiterate that to you this morning because I know there are people out here People shared with me in the first service. They, they've, they're either there or they've been there. And uh, 
always remember, if you will stay, stick to the love of God, and you'll get through it. I'm not saying it may work out the way you want it to work out, mm. but he will get you through it, okay? But uh, early on, in, in, as we worked through some things, and, and uh, I started out after seminary um, teaching in a, in a Christian academy for about three years and then went into uh, a state uh, job working in juvenile delinquency. But God had called me to ministry, and, and my heart uh, began to, to tug on the realization I needed to be in pastoral ministry. I needed to be in a church. And so we took our first church, and as Joe said, uh, you know, I had prepared mentally and I prepared my head, but uh, even through seminary, uh, my heart wasn't prepared for the stress that ministry has because immediately you begin to wear a lot of different hats. And uh, we stayed in our church, first church, um, just filled with uh, some real good saints of God, and but a very conservative church. But the second church we took was, was so much larger, and immediately I began to feel the stress, and, and I began to put my emphasis on uh, healing and helping the needs of, of other families, and I began, I began to, neg- to neglect my family. And let me tell you something, guys. You've got to own up to your failures and your disobedience. Yeah. Um, and, and God brought my wife to this point for my good. Mm. And I read a devotional this morning. It, it was a storm. I literally lived in the book of Psalms for a year. Because in the book of Psalms, you will find every human emotion that you will go through. Yeah. And so I would recommend, you know, get in the book of Psalms. But um, as, as God began to deal with me, uh, I began to realize, you know, I had to own up to some things. And I was not, I, I was neglecting the emotional needs of my family and my wife especially. And I began to pray and pray uh, for his healing. And, and, you know, physical healing is a supernatural miracle, and it's wonderful, but it pales in comparison with the uh, emotional healing that God can bring. Yeah. And I appreciate that so much. And, and, and God got us, got us through. And, and this lady, if you want to... if. If I could really summarize how I feel about this lady, and if you want to see how I really feel about this lady, I want you to go to uh, Proverbs 31, begin with verse 10, and go through verse 31. She's my Proverbs 31 lady. I'm not the perfect person. That is for sure. And he would be the first one to tell you that. Um, You know, when I look back on it, I start realizing so many things that I did wrong. Um, because I, I got so concerned with me and my needs were not being met. And I wasn't happy. Um, you know, it's like I said in the first service this morning. I said, I read my Bible. I continued to pray. But I got to the point that I feel like I was praying for my will and not for God's will. And 
things just continued to deteriorate to the point that I, I wanted him to leave. I did not want to be married to him anymore. I told him I didn't love him. I told him that many times. And he finally got to a point that, um, well, actually, we, had, we resigned the church we were pastoring. We bought a little house. Um, we, we moved. Um, and after we did that, after a while, and we realized things were not getting any better, he, um, he said, okay, I will leave. And, and he left. He got, he got a place and he moved. And he was, he was there for two weeks. Um, now, this was a time that it could have been really, it could have been the end of our marriage, but God. Mm. God performed a miracle in our marriage. Um, I can't tell you, I can't tell you details uh, because I don't even remember details. I just remember when he left, it was like a part of me was gone. And I didn't realize it. And he came, um, he would come back over and he would cook something for us. He would uh, be sure everything was okay. But it took those two weeks, I think, for me to actually realize what, what I had in, in, his, in, in him. Um, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, I was, I was at my house. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God intervened. I can't tell you how. I just know that at that point, he brought a peace over me that I had not experienced before. He brought a love for me, a love to me for Tommy, even greater than the love I had for him as a, as a young teenager. And this has been 30, about 30, about almost 35 years ago. But he brought a love for him that I could not comprehend. And to tell you the truth, our relationship now is so much greater, so much greater than it ever was. Um, and it's only because of God, you know. And, and we, were both, we were both Christians. But Matt had said a, a week or two ago that when, when a marriage starts failing, somebody's pulling away from God. Um, you know, and it could be both of you, um, because sometimes you get so busy with things of God mm. or for God that you're neglecting the things that are most important, and that is that relationship with him. So I'm just thankful that God did, did intervene, and the, the interesting part was not even a year later, we went back into the ministry, and the Lord blessed our ministry. We... we um, pastored somewhere 40, over 40 years. So we're, we're just thankful for, for God's intervention. And uh, we're, we're, we're so excited about um, ministry, not because, um, but like I say, I'm, I'm, so, um, I'm so blessed to um, uh, call my son uh, my son, but also my pastor. And um, it, it's kind of funny, in the first church we pastored, Matt was just a little guy. And uh, uh, I think one day in, in his Sunday school class or something, uh, they began to ask, uh, you know, what, what do your parents do? And I never will forget, uh, Matt, Matt told the people of my first church in his class that uh, his dad worked at Walmart because he always saw me in a tie. And so, you know, I'm so glad I can, I can come to church and wear jeans and not have to wear a tie. But, um, you know, I've appreciated so much the music the songs that um, 
Christian has chosen uh, to um, bring a tie, this series together. Um, Christ is the foundation, and you've got to have a commitment. And it's not 50-50 in a marriage. It's 110%, 110%. And then last of all, you've, you've got to compromise. You've got to be willing to compromise. You've got to ask for forgiveness, even though when you think you may be right, you've mm. still got to ask for forgiveness, and, and you're sorry. And another thing, I've added another C to that, cash. Uh, in, in your financial situation, your family always make sure there's money to keep dating and to keep having family nights and, and go out and enjoy a meal together. Amen? Amen. Could y'all show some love to my parents for hanging out? They are a great example of, of what God can do. But when you hear that story, there's a lot of things that can happen in the room that could be dangerous. That's their story. As you, as you hear, they, they call it their year of hell. That was their season of struggle. And they had the strength to overcome it. And here they are 30 plus years later, happily married. That has the potential to be some of your stories. There's some people in the room that, that you're in a season that they were in. And maybe it's not been a year, but it's been a month. It's been two weeks. It's been six months. And, and there's things that you're fighting through, and you're going to have to fight through in order to have the thriving marriage that we've been talking about. But I love you too much to tell you that's going to be everybody's story. And that's really why I've struggled with having them come up here today. Because there's some people in the room, unfortunately, that won't be your story. You may not make it. And there may be a lot of reasons why. That you won't get to have the happy ending that they have. And that's hard for me to say because I know that, that we serve a God of miracles and we serve a God that can do anything and nothing is impossible with him and all these kinds of things. But, but there's a, just the reality in the room is that your situation may not may be so broken that it doesn't get repaired and you don't get to end the way they end. But God can still do a miracle. Come on. See, some of you, your miracle may be your marriage is healed. You survived the storm and you thrive. For some of you, your miracle is going to have to be allowing God to put the pieces back together because it's going to break, it's going to stay broken, and the only thing that can happen next is that God has to bring you and free you from resentment, bitterness, and brokenness. Come on, somebody. And I don't know where you land on that spectrum. But this, I don't know what God will do, but I know what he can do. I don't know if God will allow your story to be like my mom and dad's. I don't know if it just won't turn out that way. But I know that what you need to do either way is to get on your face before a holy and loving God and allow him to do in you what he desires to do. Come on. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me, let me pray for you. Where are you? Maybe you're here today, couples, married people, and you need to come and you need to pray. 
Can I invite you to do that right now? Just get up from your seat where you are, kneel around this platform and come pray. And nobody's judging you, nobody's questioning where your marriage is, but just come and pray. Just grab the hand of your spouse, get up and come on, come on now, come on now. Let me pray for you, let me pray for you. Speak life into your relationship and allow God to do things that only he can do. Come on, come on, married people. There's people that are supposed to be coming and you're fighting it, come on. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what your season is going to end up with. But the first step is allowing God to bring healing and wholeness and solidify some things in your heart and mind and teach you some new things and just solidify some things that he needs to do in your life. Or maybe you're here, you know what? You don't know how it's going to work out. Maybe a good chance it doesn't work out. And you're trying to figure out, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do next? That the future you once had in mind is now no longer possible. And you need to stage to come and climb up into the lap of your heavenly father and allow him to minister your spirit. If that's you, would you have the courage to come down as well? Just come on. Let me pray for you. As your pastor, let me love on you. Let me speak into your life. Let me just pray over you and your heart. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen next. I know you're scared. I know you don't know what to do. Here's the cool thing about our God. No matter where you are, the thing that you need to do is pursue Him. If you're in a, if you're in a healthy marriage and things are going to be great, you need to keep pursuing Him for it to be sustained. If you're in a struggling marriage and the season is difficult and you don't, don't know if you're going to make it, you know what you need to do? You need to pursue Him. If it's broken, it's not fixable, and it's in shattered pieces, and you're trying out figure out how you're going to get to be whole, you need to pursue Him. That's the awesome thing about our God. You see, in Jesus, the best is always in front of you. No matter what's behind you, no matter what you're in right now. So would you just pursue him and seek him and allow him to minister to your heart. Father, I pray for the people that are huddled around this platform, turning it into an altar. God, I bind the enemy and the crap he's trying to do right now to distract us from what you're trying to do and pray that your spirit would just continue to move in the lives of these people. And God, I don't know what they're going through. God, I know that there are couples here right now. Maybe, maybe things are good, but they know at any moment they're vulnerable and they just today, they want to solidify some things. They want to seek you to allow your spirit to come into their lives and into their marriage and strengthen them and speak into them and do some things that only you can do. There are people here that are in a season like, like my mom and dad went through. It's their season of struggle. It's their, it's their thing that's rocking the boat of their marriage. And God, you just need to move and speak and give strength and power. And then, God, there are people in there around this platform or people in this room that are scared to death because they don't see it being fixable. And they're probably feeling guilt and shame and anger and fear and frustration, and God, I pray that your spirit would just speak into their lives and minister to them like only you can, God. Fathers, meet with us as we worship you. God, you are a God of miracles. Sometimes that miracle comes in a form 
that we didn't expect or maybe didn't even at one time desire. But God, you can do the miraculous. You can take death on Friday and turn it into life on Sunday. You can take hopelessness and turn it into hope. And God, I pray that as we worship you this morning, that you would just use this time, Lord, to minister to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at vintagechurch.net.